Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Welcome to our newest episode of our Boss Talk series. Today on the podcast, we have Steph Crowder with us again. Hey. Hey, buddies. What's up? Can I get one of them coasters? Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Emily is currently drinking. I don't know why she needs a coaster for her well, wine it, glass. It sounds really loud. She's making me want to go get a glass. Yeah, girl. And we'll all pause and wait for you. <laughs> besides day drinking, we are going to be talking about a topic I think we all have quite a few opinions about. Email marketing. So today's mm-hmm. boss talk question is how do you think email marketing is changing due to new regulations? And I'm going to add on to that, like the future of internet marketing or email Email marketing. marketing. Yeah. And the landscape of like us being in this online industry of everyone and their mother has an opt-in. And so everyone is on everyone's email list. And like, Mm -hmm. truly, I think the real estate of email has changed a lot in the past year, three years. But what everyone always hears is that like, email list is the only like thing you own. And like, don't go your audience on platforms that you can't actually have and maintain. And so we know the importance of it, but how can we be treating it? Like, do you think anything's going to really change or happen? Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts, Steph? I think it's important to... Okay. So the first thing for me, you guys mentioned this, but I think it's worth pointing out with all of the hubbub of email marketing lately, I think it's, you know, there's been GDPR, there's all these other platforms that people are building on. I do think it's important to take a second to emphasize and maybe answer the question that everybody keeps asking. And I feel like we'll keep asking forever, which is, is email marketing dead? And I think all of us here could agree that the answer is no. It's a really big part of, I know your guys' strategy. It's a huge part of my strategy. You mentioned, you know, it's the only thing that we really own. 
that's super important. And I just think it's worth acknowledging that even though it's been a bit of a headache lately and the game is changing and everybody's opted into everything, like you said, this is a conversation we need to be having. Like, we don't get to check out of email marketing. And I mean, I'm as guilty as the next person in terms of skipping a newsletter every so often, like three weeks in a row. But I know how important it is to the growth of my business. So we really do have to figure out how to make email marketing work. I don't think it's going anywhere. Do you guys agree I mean, with that? I definitely think the tide is shifting a bit. I think we're in an interesting situation where there's going to be a rise of shorter um, messaging via text and via Facebook Messenger. I really think that is going to become way more like popular for just everyday businesses and not just big box businesses. Like I get texts from Redbox and I probably have for at least a year, mm-hmm. if not longer than that. I get um, texts from Old Navy. Yeah. So I think that's becoming more common. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I, I know it. when a sale is happening way more often from right. a text message mm-hmm. than from an email, because I don't remember the last time mm-hmm. I checked my email. So you say newsletters. We have been on a campaign this year of basically like burning newsletters death to the ground. Death of the newsletter. Death of the broadcast, death of the newsletter, death of the campaign. How have you been treating it in your business? It's a really good point. I always, I think I'm just in the habit of referring to it as a newsletter, right? And it's really funny that we call it that because I think that's how it started. Like back in the day, maybe 10 years ago, it was like, subscribe to our newsletter. And that worked for a little while for people where it was like, keep up with us, you know, in email. And like you said, before there was just an avalanche of people opting into stuff that was probably effective. I absolutely think that, well, first of all, like, that's one of the first things when people ask for feedback on websites in coaching with me. I'm always like, it cannot be like subscribed to my newsletter. The word newsletter should not enter the equation. <laughs> so it's funny that I still refer to it as that just because I think that's a catch-all for having some kind of ongoing... I still have some kind of ongoing broadcast to people. I think it really depends on how it's done. And this is, I think, where our conversation is going to be today. A lot of what I do and I think you guys are very similar, is I want my messages... Like If I'm going to be in your email inbox, I need it to be personal. I need it to feel like it's conversational. And I also need to feel like it's providing value. So if I'm going to send out a broadcast, which I still do, I want to teach something to people that they're only getting in email. Like There's not another place where I will give that same message, not on Instagram, not even in my private community, because I want there to kind of be an incentive for me to... like a reward, I guess, for getting permission to be in that space. So I will email people with like something that's kind of personal to me that I've been thinking about related to business, like a little lesson that just, you know how it is, you're going through your day and you think about something, you're like, wow, that's kind of a light bulb moment. I'll share that in email format in a way that I'm and I'm constantly working at this to try to make it engaging and conversational and personal so that if people are going to open it up and look at it, it's teaching them something. It's making them feel like a little bit of that sort of exclusivity where you can't get the information anywhere else. And it's kind of like a little private email club. So I think if you are going to do broadcast type emails, that's I've found the most success with having that type of feel to it versus in the past, I probably was like, listen to my podcast this week, so-and-so is on and who cares, you know? People can subscribe for those updates. Yeah. So, Well, we were just on a call with Amanda Bolin of She Did It Her Way and we were talking a little bit about mm-hmm. funnels and funnels even a year ago, Emily and I had no clue what we were doing. No. A. 
yeah. and they were very ineffective. Mm-hmm. I was like, sign up for this five day boot camp. That's my funnel. And it just wasn't, it didn't, no. it didn't work. But we talked about specifically on that call with her about how we have had to shift in every email we send. And I, I don't necessarily think this is what you're doing, but from mm-hmm. our camp, every email we send is intentional in the fact that it's eventually going to lead to a sale. And so even right. if there's not a go buy this thing in every email, because people would unsubscribe, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. we still want to give value. Mm-hmm. But there's intentional, like, I'm going to stack the value so that you can see where you need to work on your business, mm-hmm. where you can see where your pain points are, where all the, like, someone I was talking to, oh, it was Caitlin Batcher yesterday. She was like, point out where someone's like gushing blood and they don't even have a bandaid on it. Mm -hmm. And so often they are just so inside their business. They are not aware of what's happening around them. And so it's kind of terribly, but you're, you're like the bad boyfriend pointing out their flaws essentially. Well, and I think that brings up a good point in the sense of like, we can talk about email marketing strategies all day long and how that's changing and how you can use it. And we can sit here and brainstorm 50 different ways, how people are successful using email and they're using it in 50 different ways. Mm -hmm. Like if you still send broadcasts, but the open rates are up and your people are super engaged and they love that, keep doing that. If we're sending you down a funnel to go watch this webinar, because that's where where we provide our best value and it's working, keep doing that. I know someone, I can't remember who, but I heard this on a, I think podcast. Anyways, he gets people to sign up for his email list for the, like in, in his disclaimer or whatever, he's like, the only thing I'm going to offer you in my email list is a pitch to my services. Like that's it. I'm going to tell you when doors are opening or when sales are happening or when enrollments open or whatever, whatever words he wants to use. That is all I'm going to tell you in your email. You can get value content from my blog, from my podcast, from my YouTube channel, from whatever he mm-hmm. had, right? So it was very specifically like, if you want to know when you can work with me, you need to join my email list. And it works. Yeah, I think that's one strategy for sure. I know for me, when I'm like, as you're talking about that, I'm sitting here thinking like, why do I even want someone to subscribe to my email list? And we've talked about this here with Boss Talks before. For me, I like what really makes my business work is I need every person in my ecosystem to have the 15 minute planner method. It's like my thing. It's what like the common languages in my community. And the way to get that is by going on my site and opting in, right? And so I... And this is like kind of timely that we're talking about this because I've realized this is what I want to do more with personally with email marketing. I think it's a good opportunity to kind of orient a newcomer to your community in a way that would be hard to replicate anywhere else. So for me, I don't have funnels at this point. But I think the first one I want to build is a funnel that really helps somebody feel like by the end of it, they like have all my best stuff. They really understand what courage and clarity is all about. They feel like they've been to freshman orientation, right? Like they've had this custom experience where they know like, this is what it's about. This is what we do here. This is the message. And this is how I can help you. This is the type of problems that people in my community have, etc. Whereas it would be hard to make someone do that anywhere else, right? Like even in in a Facebook community, I could have like read this or something like that, but to deliver like on my, on their own time, the information they need, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So when you build that, I will be super, super interested to hear like your open rates and or conversion rates if you have them going towards something, because that's exactly what I think is changing. And it's that kind of like email, like, 
get to know me, get some tips and tricks, get some how to's in your inbox. Like I personally feel like that's what people are starting to ignore their inbox for, and they're seeking those deeper personal connections in other spaces. And they want the true, like, I don't know, up level type of thing, whether it's a solution, like a product, or deeper thought level type conversations, because and the reason why I say that is because we used that exact type of funnel a year or so ago, I built it out. It was like five or seven emails long. It was freshman orientation. Here's who we are. Here's how we started. Here's our top podcast. Here's our top blog post. Here's our top. No one gave a flying flip and it didn't convert to anything because it was just like, well, here's all of our free shit. So we're priming people to just want more free shit. That specifically is our audience. Like everyone's audience is different. I'm not suggesting it's not going to work for you. Oh no. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. Like that's why I want to know. Like no, I think that's an important clarification because you're right. I don't think when I, and that's it's good it's a good like check for me to think through as I do this. And this is a big mistake that a lot of us make, right? Which is like we're so tempted to make it about getting to know me and and like what this business is all about when in reality maybe it's more about helping people out of the get like from the get-go when they first get introduced like at least showing them, I, I totally get driving them to a sale, but I think there does have to be some, I mean, it's called a nurture sequence for a reason, right? Like right. getting them to feel like, okay, a problem exists. Mm-hmm. You're the person that I'm kind of interested in trusting with this. Like show me in little bite-sized ways that I could eventually buy something from you, right? Mm-hmm. So important mm-hmm. clarification. Maybe it's less about like, hey, this is who I am and more about if you have this problem, here's a step you can take. I guess just yeah. actionizing them out of the gate so that they're bought in to the to the mission of the business. And so what we decided to do, our opt-in sequence changed from like, you hear about our story in a way that's told as like an example for you to either do or not do. Like those are really the only options. Either make the same choices we made to succeed or avoid the mistakes that we made so you don't make the same ones. So it's told in storytelling format. And every single email is like, tomorrow we're going to tell you X, Y, Z. So like we're trying to get them hooked. We're trying to get whitelisted. So the rest of our emails get shown in their inbox. And then we start leading them to go sign up for a free training. And it's a video training. So you can meet us and see our faces and hear our voices. And inside that video training, we talk about our life and the growth of our business and how we got started. But you can only hear that story if you sign up for the training. Right. Well, and if you're curious what that format is called, it actually does have a name. It's called a soap Soap opera opera series. I don't remember the guy that coined the term, but if you You Google Google it, it, you'll come up with this one particular Mm -hmm. guy's website. And a guy I had never heard of in our space yeah. specifically. So yeah, he broke it down really interestingly of what kind of pain points to hit on and what story arc to tell to get people enticed and sticking around and then pitching them, even if it's a free thing of right. okay, how can they take one more action step? And so currently that funnel um, to convert to register for the webinar is at I 14%, which is high, nice. which is high for us. Yeah. I think that the point that I'm taking away from this, and I hope everyone else does too, is that figuring out how you're going to do it is important, but you do have to... I think it's important to have some strategy for welcoming people because I've made this mistake where like they download something from me and then I start sending out like my regular broadcast. We like, who the hell is this? For like two and a half years. So yeah, like, don't, like, I mean... <laughs> right. Or they would buy something and it would be like, welcome to this thing. 
And then that's it. And they wouldn't even, because we weren't sending newsletters. And so they would just never hear from us again until we were like doing a challenge or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. was just totally blah. bananas. Like, so now we have like funnels on funnels. And so I think this might be helpful for people listening. I don't think we fully understood what even the word funnel meant until mm-hmm. this year. And I know that sounds silly and it sounds like it could be really obvious of like, we'll just make an intentional like funneled strategy to funnel them into here. But like, it feels really overwhelming and we've set it up definitely not converting well in ways before, but now we have funnels after funnels. And if you take this action, you get this funnel, or if you take action, you get this funnel. And AKA we use like active campaign to make all of that super freaking easy because it's really, really intuitive inside that platform. But I think the one takeaway that if you guys ask yourself this question, this can maybe help you kind of like map out the funnel opportunities that you could have in your business. It's kind of like what we're talking about. Like what is the one action that you want mm-hmm. people to eventually take from you. They don't have to right. take that action first, but it can be multiple tiered like yours, Steph. Like the f- one action I want everyone to take in my audience is to get the 15-minute planner method. After that, what's the next action you want them to take? Mm-hmm. After that, what's the next action you want them to take? And if they make this one, is there another action that makes more sense for them over here? And so this comes with time. This comes with understanding your audience. This comes with testing. Like we're sending some people on a text version of our story. And if they don't convert there, we send them to the video version of that same story, but told in video format to see which one converts better. Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're feeling super overwhelmed about like funnel on funnel on funnel, just like truly ask yourself, like, what is the one thing that I need people to make first? And then can that lead to another decision and another decision and on and on? Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So I kind of want to back up a little bit, not necessarily because this is all very future focused, but I want to talk about what just went down regulation wise. And we don't have to explain GDPR. That has been done enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's not what we're here for. But I do kind of want to talk through some of the decisions we made and some of the things you decided. Yeah. And like, how that's affected our business and our outlook on email in general. So Steph, tell me what sort of things did you end up implementing with those regulations coming into place? Okay, I have some strong and controversial feelings about GDPR. (laughs) So you guys can tell me like you can counterpoint me or maybe you'll back me up. We'll see. We'll see if I end up eating my words here. I think it's one of those things that came along that was very fear-mongery, overhyped, okay? What really opened my eyes to this is I was on a vacation I was on vacation with a uh, couple like some couples and one of the guys there who's a friend of ours works for a huge insurance company. He works for Humana and he works on like the tech side of things. And he was talking about how I mean think about I want you guys to imagine the number of emails Humana has. And he was talking about GDPR and how it was like a huge cluster for them. And it just like was a light bulb for me as I was like, okay, I'm not Humana. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is like, I really believe there's a couple of things with this. Number one, from what I've experienced, no one can fully explain exactly what this thing is yet because I don't think we have all the information. I think this is going to unfold. It's brand new. Anyone's claiming that they understand this whole thing all the way, I think is lying. Everybody has a different interpretation of what this means. And so if there's going to be someone who is made an example of, I believe it will be a human. Okay. Us. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I'm not trying to be too cavalier about it, but the reason I bring that up is because if it's the difference between you getting out there and talking to your people and getting your business off the ground, I would rather see you make take a risk than be like, well, I guess email isn't really safe anymore. And uh, I can't email people because right. GDPR. Because I think it's one of those things that really quickly gets out of hand where it's so discouraging that some people are like, email is scary now. I'm not going to do it. I think it's a huge yep. missed opportunity for reasons that we've, t- that we've already talked about. So for me... 
I did not really do much at all, guys. I mean, I up- made sure that my terms were updated because that seems important. I changed on my website when you opt in, like it literally says under the box. I'm going to be sending you weekly updates. If that's not your thing, you can unsubscribe as soon as you get your 15 minute planner. And that's all I did. And so uh, I'll get back to you if, you know, the government comes after me. And if you're listening, I'm really sorry. (laughs) If you're listening, that's just my take. This is not for you. I think you'll be interested to hear. I want to talk about two things. One, the ultra conservative approach that our business took. Uh And then B, I do want to talk about briefly how I have grown a business, zero email list uh, to to Uh Uh $2,000 a month in passive income Uh with no email list. Uh And I use Facebook instead. And Uh so I do want to touch a little bit on that. Yeah. So I'll give my opinion about the reasons why we made our GDPR decisions, which if you guys want to truly hear that big breakdown, go listen to the podcast where we break down the pros and cons of Active Campaign and ConvertKit. We talk about, oh, and Infusionsoft, I think. We talk about our reason for the decisions we made regarding GDPR. But I, you know, the saying of like, uh, dress for the job you want, not the one you have. I like thinking about my business and the business that I know that it's going to be one day versus the business that it is today. And I decided that like, ultimately, even if today there's not enough risk for me to make any changes, one day there is going to be like that flat out. And so I figured, okay, A... Yes, there's just some small changes we can make. Very similar to you. We updated our terms. We added a disclaimer on our lead boxes. Uh, we sent a couple emails to our EU people and removed them if they didn't say yes, which was only a couple hundred people. But what it also showed me about our own email list was that if you do not have your people tagged, organized on a certain funnel or some sort of strategy with literally every single person on your email list, I feel like your email subscribers is just a vanity metric. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you do not know what to do with those people and why they are there and what they need, they, they are worth nothing to you. And I found through all of our changing of GDPR that of our list of 27,000, there was a shit ton of those people that we knew nothing about and that we didn't know what they needed. And part of it was because of like poor record keeping and poor tagging and because we had changed two systems twice in a couple of months. Like it was just things happen, right? Businesses grow and clunk clutter happens. So I used it also as an opportunity to majorly clean our list to make sure every single individual on our list was in some sort of bucket that was identified through either a list within our list or tags or automation funnels. So we did a whole episode on it. I mean, sort of. Oh, where we yeah, talked yeah. about deleting 21,000 people from mm-hmm. our email list, yep. which was super scary. And I'm not going to lie. I spent very little time getting to even understand what GDPR was because we decided to kind of silo our jobs a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Emily Moore reported to me about what was going on. And I mean, ultimately, I could have had a veto power if I needed to, but I trusted her judgment on it, even though it definitely took talking (laughs) to a couple of people I really trust to hear what their thoughts Mm -hmm. were. But here's the cool thing. I can say it's only been 30 days, but we deleted 21,000 people and doubled our revenue in one month. And we, we definitely saw more engagement on our email list. We've generated 75,000 in 
like payment plans that are going to be paid out through the end of the year. So like, like as much as Emily is like, this is what we're doing. I mean, if that's the result, then I'm not going to complain about (laughs) that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys a question before we talk about the, I think, uh, devil's advocate approach to building a whole business, not using email. Emily, you said something really interesting, which is you guys have gone from not knowing who's on your list and not knowing anything about them to understanding buckets. If people are like me, guys, I don't have that. I have some tagging. Like I know who on my list has done a challenge with me. I know who's bought something. I know who clicks on stuff, but that's about it. What would you tell me or anyone, even people behind me who are like, okay, I just, I'm starting to collect emails and I don't know like what buckets to even think about. What do I need to know about these people? Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so we were exactly where you are with 27,000 people Yeah, with tags on tags on tags that didn't really tell us that much information. Right. We had tags that were like, they registered for this challenge and they were interested in this webinar. And then they did this thing. Like that doesn't matter if you don't have a plan of action for those people. So for like, it took months, like months. This does not just happen in like one afternoon planning session. It took me talking with Abby, talking with our business operations manager, talking with the person at Active Campaign, to listening to podcasts, to me mind mapping like the shit out of my whiteboard, to figure out what are our lists going to be? What are our tags going to be? The information I need to learn from those tags need to tell me like what that person needs next from me. Do they need a different product or do they need nurturing to stay in the product and engage in the content that they already have? Like what is it that that person needs? And so what I decided to do was like, we have an entire doc. It's an entire manual of like our, what do you call it? Our nomenclature inside active campaign, the, if this, then that kind of mentality. And so If at any point you can start thinking about, I might offer this in the future, I'm going to launch this in a couple of months, who on your list is ready for that thing and start creating a bucket of people that are ready to be pitched that thing. Because as everyone knows, this is email marketing 101, like warmer people, higher open rates, better, like you're not going to get sent to spam, better conversion rates, like all of that's the point, right? So if you can identify who on your list is ready for your next thing, Whatever that thing is, it can be nurturing or it can be selling, but tagging them in a way that tells you your system. Okay, now that I have a cluster of these people with these tags, let me create a funnel or a series of emails that's going to talk about this thing. Because mm-hmm. then you're at least being intentional with your people. So what we have now is literally like everyone kind of gets pitched the same thing until they buy the thing that we want them to buy. And if after a certain amount of rounds, they don't buy that thing, they'll get nurtured and pitched something else forever because that something else is an ongoing membership thing. So it doesn't matter. And if they're inside that membership thing, they get nurtured in the sense of like, don't forget to show up to your sessions and don't forget you can take advantage of this. Since it's an ongoing membership thing, it makes sense to constantly be reminding them. So technically, we've kind of gone back to sending a monthly newsletter, like if you want to call it that, but they're scheduled out for the year already. They're sent on a certain day and they're sent to a very specific crowd of members slash people who are ready to buy that thing. And it's worded in a way that's like nurturing the people who already bought it so they can engage in the content and pitching to the people who don't have it yet so they can buy the content. Mm. So it sounds like it's okay. Here's what I'm taking away is tagging for tagging sake is not really going to get you anywhere. What I think the missing puzzle piece is for probably a lot of us, myself included, is not connecting that tag with an action. 
So having a plan where it's like, not only are they tagged, but okay, so what does it mean to me that these people have done yes. a challenge with me in the month of yes. July? Like, what does what that is, mean? What do I give them yes. next? Right. Yes. Yep. 100%. Well, and the thing that's hard here, like I definitely remember even a year ago, talking about some of the things that we wanted to do mm-hmm. that were action-based with these tags. And it always felt impossible. And I think the reason it was we were in that mind frame is because our focus was on too many things. Yes. And if we had simply decided then that we were going to sell one thing mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. and over again, we could have implemented those strategies sooner. Yeah. But instead, we kept trying to sell all of our courses mm-hmm. to all of the people. Mm-hmm. And we spent the last six months working on one project. Yep. And because of that, we've been able to implement these other more deep strategies, so to speak. I mean, it's like a spider web of like, okay, if you buy Trello, but you don't have this, you're going to get pitched this webinar for this amount of months in these three different ways. And if you still don't do it, okay, then we're going to pitch you our membership for forever. Okay. If you buy our membership first, but not Trello, we're going to pitch you that. And then we're going to pitch you the webinar and like, okay, if you do this. So it's like very intentionally planned out and it's a headache and it takes a lot. Um, when you, the more people you get, the more overwhelming it kind of feels. But like, if you guys can just try to start to think about like, I just have 20 people. Like, what do I need to do with 20 people? You know what I mean? Like, don't think of the thousands of people, just like, keep it really, really simple. So speaking of keeping it simple, I'm going to talk about not having an email. Yes. Yes. So I started a second business just going on a year ago. And in that business, I mean, first of all, it was mostly to test if I could recreate the same success utilizing business knowledge I had from marketing an online business in a different environment. So far, it's worked. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest difference yep. is I took a lot of the busy work, so to speak, that I put in time and effort for in the beginning of building what's known as TCC now, and literally took that away completely. Mm -hmm. I don't blog. I don't post on social media regularly. And I don't send emails or have an email list. Mm -hmm. People are like, how do you talk to people? I have real conversations with people. This is the thing that I think people forget exists, is especially when you're starting a business, is your business is going to be built on real relationships. Mm And that's how I started my first business, but I like got away from it because I, all these shiny things where Mm -hmm. you can talk to the masses, like appealed to me. But the more that I've gone down the path of like actually getting to know people and having real conversations with people, holy light bulbs. Mm -hmm. Now, could I send out an email? Yes. Like when someone joins and becomes a member of with, with me in uh, assembly home, like they, get to like, I get their email address. I've still never used it. Like I have access to it, but I've never emailed them anything. What I have been doing now is collecting interested people in one place. Mm -hmm. So sure. I don't post on like all the places all the time, but I do have an ask active Facebook community mm-hmm. and all my members are in there and all my interested people are in there. Mm-hmm. So instead of, I know a lot of people, even us have pulled out the paying people and put them somewhere else. But by leaving the paying people among the prospects, they have made it so much easier for me to go in and sell so mm-hmm. much so that 
half of the people in my Facebook group are members. So there's over 300 people. Half of them have purchased. Mm -hmm. Like that conversion doesn't exist elsewhere. No. I love it. And I love that you even said too, Abby, that this is like very much overlooked in our space. And I think it's totally true. I I think I've talked about this here on this podcast before that my first group program, I didn't even have a sales page. I sold it out with personal invitations. And like I tell people about that and they're like, what did you say? And I'm like, exactly what you think I said. I just was like, hey, based on the fact that you're super engaged in doing XYZ, I'd love to invite you. And people are like, yeah. Okay. So I think, I don't know why that is that we, I guess we, like you said, we, we get enamored by the shiny object syndrome. We think it can't be that easy, but in a world where we are getting more and more impersonal with mass emailing and mass messaging, I think it, the personal invitation actually stands out that much more when it's done well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cause it definitely can come across as like, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one- hey name, how are you today? Right. And well, trust me, I still say that sentence, but it's not followed up with like, oh, by the way, there's a sale going on and it's so awesome. Right. It's like, how are your kids? How's life? Oh, I know you've been applying for jobs. How is that going? Mm-hmm. Like, guys, yeah. if you're just yourself and you act like a human instead of a robot, yeah. sh- shocking things will happen to you. Well, and I think it also is just like, I know everyone's come back to this is going to be like, well, what if Facebook starts charging for groups or they shut down groups or they do this? Like, first of all, you do have access to all of those people because of how they're members with you inside of your other business and their emails. Okay. Easy peasy to just pop their emails in a thing and send them an email. Not that big of a deal. But also like Facebook isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like I want everyone to take a deep breath and be like, even if they start charging for groups, clearly it's worth it to pay for that because of the 50% conversion. So like if y'all think that like if you're not even using your groups properly to be financially rewarding, then sure, like close it down because I don't even know why you're wasting your time in there. But a lot of us, if we have a private community like that, it's because it's directly helping our ROI and our engagement and our brand and whatever. So it's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's important to point out too, that like interpersonal strategies that work, like Abby reaching out to people and making them feel cared for because she, and let's be clear, like she genuinely does care. It's not all a strategy, oh right? It's God. just like reaching out and being yourself. The cool thing about those strategies is they're going to work no matter it, 10 years from now when we're all robots teleporting. <laughs> like those are still going to work, right? I like hope we're teleporting in 10 years. You would have had a better day today, Emily, it's if teleporting were not true. <laughs> <laughs> but like this like personal way of doing business, like I think it's important to realize that that is actually the beauty of it is that's not going anywhere, whether it's email, Facebook, Instagram, IGTV, Anchor, whatever the new thing of the day is. If there's a person, there's a way to be that person who connects, you're going to stand out that much more. So I think do that in your way. If you can do that via email, great. If you like a different platform, awesome. But be the person who fosters real connection because I think it stands out more than ever yep. in today's world. Well, and I mean, it's just like, People who are brand new babies and they don't have an audience and they make an opt-in and they plop it up on their website and they maybe pin it and then they wonder why they don't have a list of 20,000. Right. That is not how math works. (laughs) Yep. None of this. Yeah, there's no magic. Mm -mm. No No magic that that we can share on that. Well, and so all of this to say, like clearly, you know, normally I would say this group tends to agree pretty rapidly on like how people should utilize things. And I'm not saying we disagree, but 
this is just going to show that how you use email can be vastly different yes. and it can still be successful for you. Yes. So this what is what feels mm-hmm. right for you. Yeah. It's not saying you should all turn around and go make a million funnels. Some of you, that would be detrimental to your life and your yeah, business. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't need to do that in my no, business right no, now. No, and I'm on track for six no, figures this we year. Not do so it we don't have to. Yeah. So like, I hope that gives you a breath of fresh air. That we sent a monthly newsletter for over a year and made over six yep. years. So like, yep. you can pick either way. <laughs> weekly, mm-hmm. not monthly. We sent weekly newsletters. <laughs> God, we were dumb. <laughs> we were not dumb. With like seven links in every single email. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to get you. That should get you reported to GDPR faster <laughs> than anything else. That just shit's annoying. So if mm-hmm. you take anything away, take that. I think we are all agreeing that email marketing is still here. It still is yep. effective when used properly. It's still a viable business opportunity, but more importantly, connections, human connections with your audience in any way is going to be the biggest game changer uh, for the growth and for the engagement, for the sales, sales, sales of your business, for the monies. <laughs> the wine's talking now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like it. So at the end of the day, you just need to pick one and try it. But I think you do need to pick one. Like that's non-negotiable. Right. And I don't know, like my, I guess my last big thought that's I think is I've really been noticing lately. I don't know what it is about email specifically where people, when they're doing email marketing, especially when they're new, and I've been guilty of this 100%. We somehow turn on our weird like radio voice when we're writing emails. Like, what is that? Where it's like, hey, and you feel like you have to be someone you're not. And hey, how are you today? Yeah. Everything's great over here. Yeah. And it's like that's my voice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I feel like something that I spend a lot of my time talking to people about is like, hey, what would it feel like if you just did business like you? Like, and yeah. people are kind of like, yeah. I can do that. And it's like, of course, like it doesn't come across right when you're trying to emulate too much of what you think the proper way to market is. Oh, I think yeah. it's amazing to people when they realize like just using your own voice can actually be the best possible thing you can do when it comes to email marketing, but just marketing in general. Yep. Oh, yes. Yep. So much yes to that. And then just a quick plug for Active Campaign's podcast that I've talked about a lot, but I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> Even if you don't use Active Campaign, if you're wanting email marketing techniques, please, please, please go listen to their show. It's been around for a minute. So there's quite a bit of episodes. Uh, they have a really, really great, I think it's a three or four part series on tagging, segmenting, list, and custom fields, like which one makes sense when. And I think this would be really helpful for you guys who are getting into the realm of like, do I have too many tags? Do I not have enough tags? How do I organize them? They provide it in a really, really structured, uh, actionable way, no matter what platform you use. So go give them a listen. It's free. It's awesome. Um, Nerd out with their host who's awesome. So, okay. Bye. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. 
Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.